there, and welcome to this episode of A Couple Takes on MS. Hi, I'm Dan Digman. And I'm Jennifer Digman. And I'm walking. I'm rolling. But together, we're moving forward. And this is what what a great way to kick off here in the first month of 2024. We could not be more ecstatic, honored, and grateful to welcome to our podcast none other than Jen Powell. Jen, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Jennifer and Dan. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for having me. We're we we're we're giddy. We're if you see if you would see Jennifer's smile on her face, we're this is so um such an honor. And I think you know what we talk about when we have guests. Um, for those who don't know Jen Powell, and Jen is one of the um, big, most influential voices in the MS community, but Jen, we always open it up to say, you know, what's your elevator speech if we ran into you at a hotel and we had 30 floors to go up, what would you tell us about who Jen Powell is? Oh boy. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, first of all, it's an honor and I'm grateful to be here with two of the most influential people that I know because you make a difference. My elevator speech is I have MS and as much as I'd like to say it doesn't have me, it does. Mm. I was diagnosed with MS in 2010 after a summer of what later was uh, diagnosed as um, having um, a severe form of mononucleosis, Epstein-Barr. And that diagnosis threw me into a tailspin. I had an extreme summer of lethargy followed by a day where I couldn't speak, move, or talk. I woke up unable to do all three, and I thought I had a stroke, at which point my husband took me to the emergency room. And lo and behold, they did an MRI. I was grateful they did an MRI. They found lesions, and I am always the deflector with humor. I said, what's up? Am I crazy? Is everything normal? The doctor gave me that look where you feel like the elevator went 30 floors down in your gut. And I knew, and he sat me down. He said, I think you have multiple sclerosis. And at that time, all I knew was Annette Bunicello, and all I knew and equated with it was darkness. Hmm. So I'm here to be the light because MS is so often equated with what we don't know. And I'm here to be a light of knowledge. Um, MS is multiple sclerosis. And I want to just quickly fast forward right now. I have secondary progressive MS after a spinal tap and a confirmation and Copaxone and Antisabri and rituximab, and 15 years later, I have advanced MS, and I can no longer take a medication as I was on. It destroyed immunoglobulins, globulins, it created speech issues and whatnot, but now here I am, and I'm doing what I can with what I have, and I am in a position in my life where I never thought I'd be so purposeful. And that doesn't mean it's without tears and fears. And that is beautiful. 
it, you've touched on so many things. You've said so many things that I'm sure people listening, I myself, Jen, I, I get you. I, I feel so comforted in knowing there's another voice out there who, who, you know, Dan and I appreciate you because you have MS, but then just when you're talking about your fears and your your mission, if I can say that, just your purpose, that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. No, thank you for receiving it and the truth that it's meant to be. Yes, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was diagnosed at 40. Okay. So was that just a humongous, life-altering, life-shaking event? It was. It was. It was like a seismic shift in my life. It was the earthquake that I never expected but really needed. And I know that sounds generic, but it, it, um, it brought me to my knees, and that's where I needed to be to start again. And that's something in where what 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 draws me to you. I mean, because you are so active in the MS community, you're so active with your writing, with your you know the work you're doing with is for Bio News and everything. I guess the question is, you are optimist. I mean, that, that your optimism and stuff really. I'm just like that. And and but you're not. You don't sugarcoat things. And that's you know as we've had conversations before. Um, where it's been really, really powerful for me. So I guess then when you talk about the earthquake and everything and brought to you, brought you to your knees, I guess the question is, were you optimistic before MS? And if so, how did it not shake you to your core to where you just had no optimism after the diagnosis? That's a great question. I think I've always been an optimistic person. I think I went through a point in my life where I had some dark moments suffering with who I was and what I was supposed to do with my life and maybe not living the life that I truly wanted to do by the core values I knew I could. And that positivity and the sense of strength I got from family growing up has been a driving force. However, looking at myself in the mirror and realizing the only way to carry forward was to be honest with myself to not only sugarcoating it, the duality struck me in such a way that I found a balance to do both kind of like learning to be myself again, if that makes sense. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I imagine as far as being honest with yourself, you had to be honest with others about your reality, about your circumstance and what people can do to help you and conversely what you can do to help them. Was that, I mean, was that kind of how it was for you or are you still navigating those waters? Still navigating. I think it's a continuum. I think there's a large part of grace we receive when we allow others to do for us but I'm not always good at asking for help. (laughs) And I'm not always good about displaying my need. And when I do, though, I find like the reciprocity is mind-blowing, right? It's always mind-blowing. Then why don't I do it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's also a, a huge sense of vulnerability that is really scary. And I want to say part of the reason that you don't do it all the time is because you are human. And I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> Dan and I are sitting here and we're shaking our heads. It's like, like little bobbleheads. Like, Jen, we so get you. We understand <laughs> And that word grace, we've talked about that, Dan and I, before, and we need to give ourselves grace and give our caregivers, our spouses, our partners, kids, just there's so much that goes into having multiple sclerosis. Did you ever think, I mean, when you were diagnosed with MS, I mean, that you would be at this point, you know, X amount of years later to where... um you you didn't let the disease stop you. I mean, it, it's scary, but it's like, what keeps you moving forward then? Faith, mm. faith, God, faith, family, faith in a power <laughs> bigger than myself because I can't do it otherwise. I'm, I'm going to cry because um, if you saw me this morning struggling and moaning in, in bed, honestly, I, I almost crying in bed this morning to get out of bed and just sitting there and closing my eyes and saying, let's do it today because I can't, I don't know what to do otherwise, Dan. Mm. I never thought I would be in this position, but I can't, can't, almost can't entertain the, the, all the, my, my, my words the other side because I'm afraid I'll never get up again. Do you ever mm -hmm. feel like that? Like if you feel like you're going to cave a little, you're going to cry forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I, I mean? I totally, I mean that, that I think it's almost like I don't fear MS as much as I fear karma that oh I think if, if I stop today, then karma's going to come back and get me because I stopped when, before I really needed to. Completely. You get it. Exactly. And that is karma and that that fear. Once you're diagnosed, it's almost you find out that you have MS. And this is me speaking, Jen, and I don't know if it's the same for you. And Dan, I'm not even sure. For you're not you. even including me. Well, I yes. am. No, but it's, no. but it's, <laughs> he's a, he's a man, Jen, was he? Exactly. Know? I have one. I get yeah, it. You, you get me, <laughs> but it's like, you're so afraid and then you get diagnosed with MS and you're like, Phew. I mean, how many times have you spoken with another person when they say it was such a relief being diagnosed mm -hmm. and then you get diagnosed and maybe you have the disease for a couple of years and then. It, things are good and you develop a new fear of what next, what, what is in front of me. And, and like you said, Jen, if I stop now, am I ever going to be able to get up again? I think that's the fear that so many of us have that you, we just don't want to give in to the disease. And I, I think that for me is one of the hardest things that for living with the disease, but I don't want no, to. I'm the bobblehead because <laughs> I'm nodding furiously because, oh. yes, Jennifer, yes. It's like the new normal. You're like, wait, now what? And it's always something. Always something. How do you handle that? I think the best thing I do, 
and I, 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 I do give myself grace and credit for this, is to take things as they come and try not to expect it. As much as I fear things, I try not to live in the fear. I try to really enjoy the moment. I think fear is a powerful provocateur and a powerful, you know, thing that um, that I can hold, but I can't let it own me. And so I can hold fear and joy simultaneously. So we can hold a myriad of things simultaneously. It's just we don't have to let them envelop us. And they do sometimes, not saying they don't, but on those fear-based days, I do everything I can to try and get out of that fear. Wow. That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. That is, that, that, I mean, yeah, because I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is so, so thought-provoking and so incredibly powerful. And so then I, you know, we're, we're, you know, around New Year's. And so there's lots of things in, in with the holidays. And I mean, this is where, you know, your words, your um, inspiration, you know, what you do, how you live life, how you live your life is such a model for so many other people, myself included, to follow and remember. And um, something that really struck me, and um, if you don't mind, because I, yesterday I was, the, you had posted a video um, about mm-hmm. relating to your experiences with the TSA. And I mean, this mm-hmm. is where, you know, with your voice, your work and everything, you are such a powerful advocate for the MS and uh, community of people living with disabilities. You, and, and, and but you're not mean-spirited. And so the words you had were so insightful. I mean, uh, how'd you make it through that with, with such a level head? And I, and, and for, um, listeners who maybe don't know, I mean, like w- what happened? I mean, just you're on the plane now, but, um, just, I couldn't believe that. Well, I think, you know, as we know better, we do better. Right. And handling the two situations right. changes as we grow. So I went through TSA and someone who needed, who, who was waiting for a wheelchair, who was older and could not walk at all, did not have one. I gave them mine. And I walked through TSA, which TSA pre-check, you don't take off your shoes, whatnot. But if I'm asked, no problem. The woman had asked me hurriedly to go across, um, to, to bring my things, to go away from my things, my medication. And I asked, could I not please? And she said, let's go snap, snap, you know, and let's hurry. And I was, I had a cognitive load that we're just trying to put one foot without walking. Where's my cane? I didn't have the chair and then hurried. And I began to tear up and I said, please don't be rude. Fast forward she walked away and 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 said take off your shoes and it was very punitive and mean-spirited and i asked for the supervisor and that is something that is huge because i think we all deserve to be treated with respect at the very basic level of respect so the supervisor i wanted to let her know that sensitivity training was something that was necessary because uh it's holidays. Nobody should lose their job. It, it, we all are, we're all needing to a paycheck. And I don't know her situation. She may have had a bad day, but it, it still doesn't take away from the fact that we all need to be treated with the respect we, 
we we deserve each one of us as human beings and and I asked her to maybe just look at it from the 10,000 foot view instead of taking it out on that one woman to just educate people on disabilities. There was a time I'm not, there was a time Jen was not like that. <laughs> there was a time I would have not handled it like that. Okay. When we grow, when we learn, mm -hmm. we do better. Okay. And, and this is only because, you know, this man who I gave my wheelchair to just said, it brings me to tears. He said, keep advocating for all of us. Thank you. And, and then, yeah, that's so powerful. And you use the word advocacy and, Dan and I, that really resonates with both of us because we try and, I don't want to say force feed people advocacy, but just with your, your gesture and your experience, that's powerful advocacy. But I suppose just for everyone listening, how would you define advocacy or how do you incorporate that in your day-to-day -day existence? Well, I think I... I would define her and, and live that we need to elevate the importance of MS, what it is, and the needs of the disabled community, both with ableized ableism as well as internalized ableism. So advocacy doesn't only go out to those who don't have MS, but also to those who do. Because I believe when we advocate, we we are so much better when we come together and learn together and grow together to learn how we can do better and elevate the needs of the differences in our community, but also the similarities and that we are part of the disabled community. And it's so important to elevate what it looks like. It looks different for me than it does for you, Jen, than it does for you, Dan. We don't maybe look like we're sick, or we do. If I was in the chair, I would have been treated differently. If I wasn't, I'm confident. So this is important. This is crucial. I'm starting to get like sweaty. It's like I'm going to be all like, yes. You know, but this is where my passion lies. Absolutely. And I've said numerous times that, and this is, forgive me if this rubs you wrong, but. I think I have it easier because I'm in a wheelchair that people treat me with a little goes back to that word grace. Whereas Dan, because he's still walking, people tend to assume, oh, he can do it. And and so I sometimes feel that it's a it's a it's an obvious thing that I need help. And whereas Dan doesn't get the same kindness that he should and so advocacy, like you're talking about, is just, you know, to ex to expect more or to do more. You just, it really, we have to show people that they can be considerate of everyone and that they need to be considerate of everyone. Absolutely. That did not rub me wrong. As a matter of fact, I completely agree. Okay, well, thank you. And, and thanks for sharing that because I just thought that was such an insightful, powerful um, story and example of, you know, what the things that, that people with MS, things with, um, you know, disabilities and stuff, that what, what we have to go through um, and the, the double-edged swords and the wrestling with things and how do you 
make your point known without being crabby and stuff. So no, I just think that that was very, very good. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was on the plane and I said, it's now or never. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't that the truth? It's now or never. And, and that is living with, with, you know, embracing and, and taking advantage of every moment. Don't let that pass you by without doing something to make a, make a difference. So I think that's good. And we're kicking off 2024, Jen. And this is, I don't know, maybe an old thing, but I, do you make New Year's resolutions? I don't really make them anymore because I make them globally, maybe to be more graceful with myself, more open. How about you? Um, <laughs> I think I'm a perpetual, I think I've had the same new year's resolution for <laughs> now for a hundred, well, I'm not a hundred years old, but <laughs> Jen, I'm just going to let you in on a secret. Shh, don't tell anybody, but I turn, I have a big milestone birthday this year. And so Uh-oh. there are just things that I want like I feel that every New Year's resolution revolves around that 50th birthday in November. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you need to do this. You need to make sure you get this done. I ordered some books today because I want to to learn. No some, pressure, Jen. No yeah. pressure. And just <laughs> I want to do this. I'm back to Weight Watchers and 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 never mind him supporting my husband. That should be like the number one New Year's resolution. So. But yeah, I think when you say globally, I think that's a, it's an interesting way and a kind of a, a, just a more approachable or a less, putting less pressure on yourself with New Year's resolutions. Maybe gentler. I find that we have so much we have to go up against. Um, and in the new year, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I, I oftentimes just realize I, I'm doing a good job of that. I don't need one more. <laughs> no, absolutely. <You're laughs> but doing... I haven't, but I do it anyway. I don't need everyone. I don't need to pronounce it, but I, <laughs> I do it anyway, Jen, right there with you with Weight Watchers. So yes. come on, let's do it. <laughs> Bless you and gentler. I like that. Let's see. Here's cheers to a gentler 2024. Oh, nice? I like that, Jen. Yeah, You're going to start a trend. That's good. Yes, I did. I think that that's the um, yeah, it's just like how we move forward. I think, you know, some of your writing that you do and I've seen and, um, you know, you've done so much with as um, and we announcing that you're with the bio news and everything in the writing and that you um, host the uh, multiple sclerosis podcast. and, and we'll have information until we're featuring Jen in our seven questions with a couple that will be available on our website. And we'll have a link to that in the liner notes on this. But I guess then looking at everything you're doing, um, did you envision that um, that this is where you would be? I mean, that you would be involved in a life of advocacy when you were diagnosed no. with MS? I mean, and what what's the one thing, at what point did you say, my God, I am an activist. I am an advocate. I love that you use those words together because activism is a huge, it's 
the bridge between action and inertia, I believe. Oh, um, can I quote you on I, that? Yeah, you can. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, that saying, I just hold, I just hold that. Um, I didn't think I would be an advocate, but when I began to fundraise and start walking for Walk MS, which I did immediately, um, raising money for the MS Society, I, that was my first call when I was diagnosed and every year I raised money on my own walking. And in the 15 years I've raised just about $20,000. And I, um, I don't, I, I don't know how not to be, I guess that's how I can't live with this without making the world better for myself, but for those around me. And that's just, I feel to whom much is given, much is expected. And my life with MS has been blessed with support, financial stability thus far. I need to make up for that to help other people. And that's just, I give credit to my parents there. Well, that's nice. And that's your support. And um, family is so important in your friends and your MS community. And I suppose, you know, we're talking about like you, you went back to when you were first diagnosed um, with your, with your walk MS stories. And what was, I mean, going back to when you were first diagnosed, because we have some listeners that are new to this MS, this MS in general, what do you do you remember a really solid piece of advice you were given when you were first diagnosed that has sustained you? I do. I remember walking out and reaching for my husband's hand and crying and not really knowing who I was the moment before. And my husband grabbed my hand tightly. And he said, we got this, we got this, I got you. You're always gonna have support. Don't ever think you're going to go at this alone. And I want to share with people that doesn't mean a husband for you. It didn't mean a husband all the time for me. My husband's not there for me all the time. He's human, he can't be. We fight, we miss the boat. We miss the mark. We're human, 26 years, but we work at what we can. But sometimes that support shows up in friendships and in my MS group, people at the MS Society, colleagues. I want to just support people in knowing that your network is available for you and it doesn't have to look like anybody else's that your MS is unique unto you, your support. And, and, and another piece of advice is don't compare your MS with another. <laughs> I really, wow. really love that because I'm so tired of people saying, you have secondary progressive MS, but you can walk. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear what I can't do? What, would that make you feel better? <laughs> yeah, that's... I, exactly you get it right oh yeah or just because yeah I so get that and I'm sure other people out there that really resonates that you that our MS is not a checklist like 
Oh, you have no. MS. You should be in a wheelchair. Check if, especially if you have secondary progressive, or you should be on a yes. medication. You should be watching your diet. Um, oh my gosh! If someone <laughs> tells me one more time to lose weight and then I will be cured, or to like eat ham sandwiches on wheat bread with no mustard, sitting upside down doing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> oh, and if you would just exercise more, and I don't know if you remember bee sting therapy. Oh I, yeah. When Dan and I were first diagnosed, oh, if you thought about getting bee stings, and certainly <laughs> that may work for some people, but that's the thing about MS; it's different for everyone. It's like well, it's yeah, like, I think yeah. Well, just people mean well, but it's just like, but it's just like you know, MS is so different for everybody, and it's just like I'll do my own thing. Well, and it's really hard to tune out the chatter because people do mean well, but that that chatter can really be harmful, and it can hurt your spirit. So the one other piece of advice is reach out for help reach out to the MS Society, reach out to someone to let them know you're struggling because I have had mental health issues with my physical issues. And to me, they've been hand in hand. So just be so, so kind to yourself. You deserve it. How, and how are, you, how are you kind to yourself? I mean, obviously there's grace, but I mean, with everything you have going on, what, what do you do? to just take a break and for I think one of the things Jennifer and I like doing we like going to baseball games and stuff and sometimes mm-hmm. where it's just like you go and you just you're able to totally forget obviously you know Jennifer's in a wheelchair I have a hard time walking etc but at the same time for those fleeting moments you forget you have MS what what do you do to forget you have MS I spend epic amounts of time on my back in the yard with my dog I am, I, I can't even, I just lost my 14 year old golden, but I have a two year old golden and the dogs keep me thinking outside of myself. They, they keep me like needing to do something not for me. And I love just being joyful with them. They are joyful. And and also I'm like a crazy 49er fan, so watch out. Oh. Uh, Sunday football is nuts in this house I was because my say husband's a Ram a... fan. Oh, mm. yeah, ouch, ouch. Yeah, so, that, I don't know. Yeah. As, as, a, as a Lions fan, and just I don't know, we're, we're still warming up to Matt Stafford being with the Rams. <laughs> so <laughs> so well, I, I think I... we're with you on that one, Jen. But you saw the 49ers last week, so we didn't do so hot. So I'm right there down there. <laughs> but but you know but you know that they they had they had you know Baltimore's a, a tough team. You know it's a tough team. I got respect there, but boy, I'm a fair weather <laughs> fan too. So my jersey says Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Not ready but to I'm get long-term. the Purdy yet. Oh no, I love. I'll, hey, I, I stuck with them all during the the drought of everybody, and so you know. But I'm old school, so nice. <laughs> and I am I'm thinking more and more that we're talking, Jen. That you and I, we have to figure out some virtual happy hour or in person happy hour. Oh yeah, we can sit and talk oh, about wow. the the woes and misery of being a lifelong football fan and the. the <laughs> hi. 
And then the I'm MS. thinking this is a must. This might be the New Year's resolution that could see a concrete. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, I, seriously, though, they're conceivably, I think the Lions and the Niners could be in the could yeah, face each other in the playoffs be. if everything goes well. Maybe I don't know, but. Mm. That's awesome, but but it is. It's, I think those are the things too. It's just like to be able to have the things that don't focus on multiple sclerosis, and I think that makes it a lighter load. It does. It just being in that moment and really just remembering that there's joy in your. You can have that. It and and it's okay not to as well, mm-hmm. but. There's joy in, in just giving yourself moments of complete escapism. Love that. Well, Jen, I because we want to um, have time because Jen will be here as part of MS and their voices. But, I mean, we've had a great conversation. I don't know. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you're thinking that that our listeners need to know about you or how they can better navigate their life with MS? Well, I, I very much appreciate you having me, uh, Jennifer and Dan. It's such a joy to be with you. I really, I think most of all, what I want people to know is if they hear me or if they hear my podcast or see me, I am you and you are me. And we are on this journey together. And your hard days are not making you any less of a of a fighter or a warrior i have those hard days i want you to know that we are often you see highlight reels and just know that if you're not having a highlight at the moment it's okay your real matters your world matters your ms matters just remember that you don't have to compare yourself to anybody and if you're looking at someone's highlight reel, just remember they have those hard times too. It's very important for people to know that I don't have it all together. (laughs) Not (laughs) saying that people perceive it, but maybe I've been on the path, but uh, we're all in this together and you have community and support. So well put. That, that, That was, that was perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. So thank you. Thank you again for joining us for our podcast. And we will have links in the liner notes um, for this on Jen's writing and everything. But we will uh, take a pause here and we will bring her back for MS and their voices. And um, just we want to thank you again for joining us today, Jen. Yeah, thank you, Jen. Thank you for having me. Welcome to MS and their voices. This special segment of our podcast features the writing of MS authors who will read to you the powerful words of their personal essays, poetry, and prose. For this episode, Dan and I are excited to introduce you to Jen Powell. Jen is a brand and marketing manager for BioNews, an internet news company that includes a subsidiary, Multiple Sclerosis News Today. Jen is a passionate activist and advocate for the MS community who also serves as a featured columnist and is host of the Multiple Sclerosis podcast. Jen lives in Orange County, California with her husband and golden retrievers. She's a gifted writer, 
And we are honored to have Jen share her words with you through our MS in their voices. How to feed your soul and find positivity amid MS. I wrote this silver linings column and it resonates to me because I think we all need to feed our soul and find positivity amid living with multiple sclerosis. It also demonstrates who I am. Our thoughts influence our being. The stories we tell ourselves frame our reality. They affect the decisions we make, our behaviors, and ultimately our overall mindset. These serve to either nourish or starve our psyche. If we are what we eat, then are we what we think? Absolutely. We cannot help but ascribe to the words we tell ourselves. This can be difficult when MS is our constant travel companion. When negative feelings such as pain and sadness dominate, how can we feed our souls? Be patient with yourself. This is a marathon, not a sprint. The road to acceptance is a continuum. The goalposts change as this disease progresses. It is healthy to honor your feelings, such as anger and grief. It is healing to then challenge yourself to find an alternative. What feeling or emotion could better serve you? Write these positive words down on sticky notes throughout your home. As you see them, visualize a time in your life you felt this way. What can you do to bring this back? This can invite a balance or even the most difficult days. Be kind to both yourself and others. I have found this to be the most powerful elixir. Doing something for someone else is powerful. Never underestimate your ability to bring goodness into the life of another. I love to volunteer with Animal Rescue. If I cannot do an event, I might make phone calls or respond to emails. I think of friends or family who could use a handwritten card. I might even put some flowers in a bunch for a neighbor. You have the amazing ability to make a difference. Cheer yourself through each of these challenges. Choose your thoughts. This is such a powerful tool to retrain your brain. I do this proactively in an effort to hold a healthier mindset. I follow each negative thought with a positive. I am in pain may be followed by, I am grateful I can stay home today. These action steps invite my mind to follow suit. This process has now become innate. Behavior is learned. Never doubt your ability to be both teacher and student. We cannot ignore the elephant in the room. We have MS. This is our lifelong companion, but you are not your MS. It is imperative to distinguish your disease from your identity. The joys, the milestones, the loves, and the adventures are still you. MS can never take those from you. I found it helpful to accept the MS. I tried so long to resist its presence. This only made the elephant larger, and in addressing it, I was able to extinguish the fear. Ultimately, we are in this together. You are not alone in any of your stinking thinking. When the chatter gets loud, take an action step. Envision a dimmer switch. Every time your thoughts become too loud, 
take that dimmer switch and turn down the noise. Nourish your psyche, starve the MS. That <laughs> I think this and that that's the epitome of what we were what we're trying to do with this. I mean, to to read the essays are just so powerful, but then to hear it in your voice. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jen. Thank you so much for hearing these words that I hope can often evoke hope in somebody and hope in all of you listeners. Wow. Well, Jen, I thank you so much for, for all of this. We'd like to hear from you, so please share your thoughts on our podcast or questions you may have by emailing us at a couple takes on ms at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at couple takes on ms or through our website, a couple takes on ms.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And until next time, we are a couple takes on ms. I'm Dan Digman, and I'm walking. And I'm Jennifer Digman, and I'm rolling. But together we're moving forward. Take care.